This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Oh, hello, Groovers. It's hello, boys and girls. It's Pete Dillon with you. Um, Serena Ryan has been... Well, we've sent her off to the medical tent. She's ill with a, a flu. She's quarantined in her home. So um, I am flying solo this evening. I do have the very talented Matt Nock in the studio who's going to be helping me steer the bus. He's doing all the technical things. I've just to speak, he said. So that will be happening over the course of the next hour. Serena, if you're listening, Matt sends his love. And so do I. We hope you do recover very quickly because you went down very, very quickly. It was a, a very quick flu. Matt's sitting there nodding. If you can see him nodding, it makes for wonderful radio. This is Salt and Pepper. It's five minutes past seven. I would love to have your company through the program. 0427 Joy949 is the number for you to send an SMS. You can email on air at joy.org.au. You could phone 1300 Joy949. I think the gorgeous Gordon might be sitting on the front desk. Or you can indeed send a tweet to Salt and Pepper Joy. Um, that's Salt and Pepper Joy. Um, and I can respond to you whilst we're here in the studio. We do have a lot to get through tonight, but first, uh, a big luscious thank you to the very gorgeous Wesley for the Tuesday Cheek, the West Snelling, and the lovely Fiona Scott Norman. We do care for her. She's also very good on the wireless. I think I might have to ask Matt to turn on his microphone at some stage through the show, just so I feel like I've got company. You should say hello to the boys and girls, Matt. Okay, hi. There you go, Matt. That, Matt that looks after us every week. He's just going to every now and then pop in and say something that's oh, deliciously witty, I should hope. Well, I can certainly try. Have you had a good day? Mm, it's been long. Mm, they do get long, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's Matt. He'll occasionally pop the mic on just so you don't think um, that's not getting bored. Um, I was very interested in some uh, Hikaru mentioned in the news. And thank you, Hikaru, for the news. A new study tracking the percentage of lesbian and gay adults in America established the first ever demographic atlas of the group. Finding the state populations range from a low of 1.7 in North Dakota. So that's basically saying of all the people surveyed, um, it's like family feud. We've surveyed a thousand people and we've come up with the top seven answers to this question. Are you a gay or a lesbian? Um, so yes, 1.7% of people in North Dakota identify as GLBT or um, 10% in the tiny little state of the District of Columbia. So it takes all of those Kinsey statistics and um, well, probably turns them upside down on their head. Uh California, very low, with just 4% of people identifying as LGBT. And, um, look, I was quite surprised that uh, North Dakota, I think, um, also very low. But yet in others, there was just some very high statistics. Washington, D.C., uh, or the state of Washington, with the biggest population of around 10% as well. So a really interesting study, and I'm sure that we will visit that again in the next little while. Tonight I'm speaking with the Mayor of Byron Bay. Um, That particular councillor is going to be introducing marriages for same-sex couples in their municipality. They won't be legal, but um, we'll have a chat to Simon Richardson about that uh, as things move along into the show. We're also going to be talking to an academic from the Australian National University. It seems that the Pope, um, our current Pope, uh, Benedict XVI, when he... um, 
takes off the red Prada shoes and sort of tottles away from office and off the throne, he will in fact be uh, remaining in the Vatican to live. And the reason for that is it is suggested uh, that is to avoid any sort of prosecution because whilst he remains in the Vatican, he is immune from prosecution. So we're going to be speaking with an academic about what that actually means, how that immunity works and why he can't be brought to justice um, because he's going to remain in the Vatican. He could go back to Germany, could go back and say Angela Merkel. I'm sure he'd be thrilled with that, but quite possibly not. And later in the show, we'll be speaking to the convener of the New South Wales Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby. His name is Justin Coonan, and we're speaking to him about a couple of good news pieces out of New South Wales. What about some statistics around rainbow families in New South Wales and the increase in numbers? And secondly, there was some good news on the 14th of February on Valentine's Day last Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, where um, a a cross-party committee has come up with some draft legislation to send off. So Justin will talk to us about that. So we have quite a bit to get through. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Very start in Byron Bay then. We might have Tina Tina Arena's version of The Three Bell. It was a beautiful little song about marriage. So this is Tina Arena with Leah. Uh, Le le Trois Cloches um, which is the three bells in French she sings this all in French so you can just sing along if you know the words or make up your own as we go it's nine minutes past seven here on Salt and Pepper on Joy 94.9 Joy 94.9 
If you're happy with your drinking, that's your business. If you're not, we can help. Call the Alcoholics Anonymous 24-hour helpline 1300 AA Hope. Alcoholics Anonymous hold two meetings in Melbourne each week specifically for members of the GLBTI community. Call 1300 AA Hope for more info. Check out the website aavictoria.org.au or find Alcoholics Anonymous on the community directory via the Joy website. We have same-sex members of the community ready to help. Remember, life begins when addiction ends. Hello, this is Alison Moyer. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Yes, you are indeed. You're listening to Salt and Pepper here on a Tuesday night. 0427-JOY949. Do send us an SMS. We have one from... Oh, no, that's an email. You can send an SMS, 0427-JOY949. You can email on air at joy.org.au. As Tristan has done, Tristan says, Hello, gorgeous team. I'm loving your show and listening to you um, with my homebrew beer. Good on you, Tristan. Enjoy your homebrew, mate. Hope you're enjoying the show. Um, you can email on here at joy.org.au as Tristan has done. You can speak to gorgeous Gordon sitting on the front desk, 1300 Joy 949, and listen to his beautiful Scottish accent. Or you can send a tweet to cravings underscore, no, sorry, wrong show. You can send a tweet to salt and pepper joy. Um, that's salt and pepper joy. One word, send a tweet into the studio. Um, you might want to send Serena a get well wish, and I'm taking all of those, and I'll be forwarding them on to her in a minute. Last week, a, a little story caught my eye. And it seems that the Mayor of Byron Bay in New South Wales says he wants to make gay marriage legal in the Shire and has also flagged the creation of a love park. A little earlier, I caught up with the Mayor of Byron Bay. His name is Simon Richardson, and this is the chat that we had. Simon Richardson is the Mayor of Byron Bay in northern New South Wales, that very town that wants to make legal gay marriage in, in the Shire. Now, this is a, um, a symbolic gesture, I think, rather than an actual legal gesture. He joins us on the phone. Simon, good evening. Good evening. Good to talk to you, mate, and thank you for your time. I appreciate you're a fairly busy man. Um, uh, my pleasure. Talk us through the idea that's come to you to, uh, to have a symbolic recognition of equal marriage in your, in your hamlet of Byron Bay. Well, look, I think it just came from, you know, a, a, you know, a, a conversation with some friends over a glass of red with, with most progressive people in the country where we all just sort of shaking our heads about how the uh, the ALP are just so out of touch and so afraid um, to, to openly declare what the vast majority of the population thinks, and that is clearly not okay to have marriage inequality. So from those sorts of discussions, I just realised within my position, I have, you know, certain freedoms or, you know, abilities that, that uh, is granted through the office. So I thought, well, Byron Shire has traditionally been and, and, and the neighbouring Lismore Shire is the highest proportion of gay and lesbians outside of Sydney and New South Wales. So, I, you know, I, for me, it's like I was advocating for a large proportion of my community who have been marginalised and discriminated against. So I thought I'd have clear support by my community and, and if I can get a bit of attention for it and, and then uh, hopefully over the next couple of months get other local councils joining forces, it might just create a little bit of impetus and maybe let Julia know this could be her last chance to leave a legacy. Look, there will be many people that might agree with you that it could actually be Julia's last chance to leave a legacy. But uh, before we get to uh, our Prime Minister, we've seen a, a, a huge movement across the United States where there is a collective of mayors from all manner of uh, of towns, villages and indeed cities of the United across the United States who are sort of banding together to create a, a group that are mayors for gay or, or for equal marriage. Um, were you familiar with that program? 
I wasn't, but I'm now very excited that you told me because I've now got another, uh, I think, a number five point on my notice of motion that I'll that I'll put up that we do call for that and help create it. I'm very, I think, any way that community uh, groups and, and local governmental organisations can advocate on behalf of their community, uh, we, we do it. Simon, will it be legal if a, if, a, if a motion is put to council? Let's let's assume that council is going to um, accept and approve the motion that is put before them in a couple of weeks. Will it be legal for people to to marry in Byron Bay? No, unfortunately, it won't. It's a legislation that is out of our hands. However, and so look, to, to be honest, there was an aspect of me where I thought, well, you know, should I bother if if, if it hasn't got teeth? And and I think you know there is there is power in symbolism. I think there is power in showing intent and bearing witness to a discrimination. So ultimately I thought, look, the people inside this shire who live, who live here and stay here, you know, to get, to get a marriage certificate, you know, could be wonderful for them to be able to, you know, to have. And, and then, of course, with more broadly, if people decide to come and get married here, and, and um, thousands of do every year, well, then again, we can present to them a Byron Shire marriage certificate that, uh, you know, which basically just declares that the, that the community of Byron Shire honours and, and accepts their union and their commitment. And uh, if, the, if the federal government doesn't, that's, that's their issue that I have to deal with. Mm, we have seen some councils in Victoria, uh, some municipalities here in the great state of Victoria, who have indeed uh, uh, brought in some registration of relationships. Now, some some people will liken that to registering one's dog or cat, or domestic pet, um, and uh, that that it doesn't carry the symbolism. What you're proposing is is quite different, and I believe you've also um, indicated your willingness to officiate at equal weddings, uh, equal marriage ceremonies, and hand out marriage to gets from the council. Yeah, look, certainly, I mean, not necessarily officiate. I, I, I dare say that they, you know, the couples themselves would have someone far more worthy that, that, would, that they would like to, to do that. But more than I, I'd be more than happy to personally present their certificate if they wished. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to take up, a, you know, a seat at their, at their wedding. But, you know, basically for me, it was just a, a commitment that, you know, if, uh, to show the commitment, I'm happy to, you know, attend the wedding and, and present it at, at the moment uh, that is appropriate. Um, so going back, if I could, going back to the registry um, uh, statements you were making earlier, I, I would have a component of one of my notes of motion that I'm putting forward, which does create a registry. And, and I can hear what you're saying about, you know, is it like a dog? I mean, I'm married, you know, in a straight relationship and we signed a registry, you know. So in a sense, it's just a, another formal process that, that, in a sense, traditionally the state witnesses and documents that, uh, transaction, if you, if you will, and, and in the marriage. Yeah, sense. Simon, I would, I would, I would just sort of pull you up there because likening the two is is somewhat futile, given that um, it is legal for you to go to a registry office and and have a ceremony conducted, and you are provided with an Australian marriage certificate for same sex couples. Obviously, we cannot do that. So, um, oh, oh, exactly. That's why for me, it's like I was happy to to open one where, you know, it could be kept and, and therefore it's documented that uh, this couple, um, you know, on this day declared their love and it was accepted within the Byron Shire community. Let's assume that this does get through council and I'm not sure what sort of support you have for this uh, this motion that's going to come in a couple of weeks. 
Do you think it could be the impetus to start, as you mentioned, uh, neighbouring council of Lismore? Could this be the impetus to start other councils across Australia adopting a similar idea and, in a sense, um, demanding that that government, whichever government we end up with uh, after September, actually play their hand and and recognise that if this is happening at council level um, and there are moves in Tasmania, in Western Australia, in uh, in New South Wales and in here in Victoria to have... um, uh, bills put before state parliaments. If if this is coming from from grassroots, if you will, from council and then from state parliament, yeah. um, do you think it will force the hand of, of an incumbent government to do something? Look, you know, I, I think we all uh, you know look at the concept of a of a Tony Abbott led government with horror for anything. <laughs> horror is a word you justice. could use. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I certainly wouldn't be holding my best that the mad monk's going to um, you know, all of a sudden turn. But I guess. Look, it's about doing what you can, where you can, and when you can. When it's all said and done, for me, I, you know, I, I have a I have a position as as mayor in my shire to to you know, if I say something, you know, that it can be a microphone put in front of me and it can have some sort of impact. So I'm using it, and I'm, I'm going to encourage other local governments to do the same. And I think it's about creating momentum. You know, where it leads is is I guess you know the ultimate outcome. Of course, we want clear marriage equality, but. You know, the momentum can create its own magic, you know, as well. And so sometimes you don't quite know, you know, how things could shift and, and uh, what momentum can create. So I guess you, you know, you keep the, the eyes on the overall prize to some degree, but the other part of it is that you just do what you can and, and uh, you know, hopefully people will join you and hopefully momentum will be there and some of the politicians higher up uh, sense that momentum and decide to um, go with it. Simon, I was talking to somebody this afternoon and having a discussion around this particular issue and what's, what, what you're planning to do in Byron Bay. And uh, without wanting to play the devil's advocate myself, there, uh, there is the risk this, that this could be perceived uh, to be more about Simon Richardson than it is about gay and lesbian couples in Byron Bay. Oh, sure. Each to his own, mate. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, uh, whatever. Um, I, I support marriage equality. I'm a member of the Greens who have been... Um, Never, never taken a backward step in supporting marriage equality. I'm a politician, so I'm using politics to try to change, create political change. For every, for every positive affirmation I get from it, I'll probably get some negative. So whether it's politically advantageous for me, for me to do this, history will judge. But um, look, to be honest, I don't really care. If, if, you can, if, if after this interview you uh, ring up somebody else and get their point of view, that's brilliant. I've done my job. Well, look, that, that would be the, the right thing for me to do as a journalist. But, um, a final question. You mentioned that you're a member of the Greens. Christine Milne has uh, played her hand, if you will, and uh, sort of outlined her reasons for supporting equal marriage is because she has an openly gay son um, and as, as you rightly have done you, you've got gay and lesbian friends I'm assuming who live in the, the council area of Byron Bay and uh, your motivation, I'm not questioning your motivation it was just a, a question that was put to me this afternoon that um, as a journalist I, I want to ask So Yeah, no, uh, no, fair enough, absolutely fair enough and yeah, look, I mean for me I've had uh, you know, close relationships with the gay community from back in the days of Melbourne listening to Joy FM when I was a taxi driver to be honest, um, all the way back to, to those days, um, you know, I've got, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, for me, to be honest, it's, it's, it's beyond simply uh, a question of, 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 you know, gay marriage. It's a question of ultimate human equality. Mm, um, and you know, pe- people, people deserve uh, to be able to express their love and be judged equally and valued equally on that, regardless of orientation. 
I think you're singing to the choir there, Simon Richardson. Now, one, one quick question. When is this going before council? Uh, we're hoping to get it up in... Uh, was, look, I was looking to, to do it um, next week, but we've had a few floods and disasters happening around this neck of the woods, which have you know, clearly taken my Plagues priority. and pestilence. So, <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that. <laughs> Maybe Tony Abbott's already at work. But um, hopefully uh, early, the, the, first, the first meeting in March, which I think is about March 8 or something like that, um, I'll, I'll have it before council and hopefully we can um, have a success. Simon, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you then to, uh, to see how it's all gone. Thank you for your time. No problems, any time. See you later. That's Simon Richardson, the Mayor of Byron Bay in northern New South Wales, looking to create a very symbolic gesture in that council to have uh, equal marriage legal in his shire. And uh, we do wish him a great deal of luck. This is Salt and Pepper here on Joy 94.9. 0427-JOY949 is the number for an SMS. You can email on air at joy.org.au. Phone one three hundred joy nine four nine if you would like to speak to gorgeous Gordon on the front desk, or send us a tweet to Salt in Pepper Joy. Salt and Pepper Joy. Um, you may want to wish Serena a speedy recovery as she uh, she lashes about her her house, quarantined with what seems to be a very nasty flu. Be back in just a moment here on the Gayest Station in the Nation Joy ninety four point nine. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Ethel Chop here. You're listening to Joy 94.9, idiot. Yes, you are listening to Joy, Joy 94.9. You're listening to Salt and Pepper, but unfortunately only the pepper with you because, as I mentioned just before, my partner in crime is, well, she's confined to quarters because she's not well. And uh, Serena, if you're listening, Tristan has phoned to wish you a speedy recovery. He gave Gordon a call on the desk on 1300 Joy 949. And also giving Gordon a call with the lovely folk from the Queer Straight Alliance in Frankston. They've been listening into the discussion we had with um, Simon Richardson, the Mayor of Byron Bay, and they said they'd like to know if they could have a shout-out. They're a group of people um, from ages 13 to 21 who meet at Headspace in Frankston on Wednesday, Wednesday nights between 4 and 6pm. They have a bit of a get-together, they hang out, they chat, and they sometimes have some speakers who come along and speak to them. So if you are in the Frankston area, you're listening, and you between the ages of 13 and 21, you want to go and have a bit of a, a hangout with some other young, like-minded folk, uh, Headspace is the place to do that on Wednesday between 4 and 6. I was sort of somewhat alarmed, as was Serena, by a, a story that, well, hit our news desk, um, around the Pope's, uh, Pope Benedict XVI's decision to live in the Vatican after he resigns, because it seems it will provide him with some security and immunity, and quite possibly from people like these people, um, who you're about to hear from a report on CNN. Abuse victims, sexually molested by members of the Catholic clergy, they say. But the handful here are a tiny fraction of the many tens of thousands allegedly abused. It's not just in the US, Ireland, the Netherlands. It's actually all over the world. I come from Chile, where bishops there have mounted an enormous cover-up for the abuse cases that are still going on. Cruz is a member of SNAP, survivors' network of those abused by priests, and sees an opportunity in Pope Benedict's resignation, despite the fact Chilean bishops say there's been no cover-up and they've dealt with all the abuse issues. SNAP's 12,000 global members want Pope Benedict put on trial. They say for failing to better help victims and prevent further abuse. Realistically, I don't ever see uh, the Pope going to jail. But uh, what I do see in, in a case like this is to shine the light on the survivors, on everybody who has been abused. 
that was uh, from a report on CNN in the United States, which is talking about people that are hoping to see some prosecution, um, or certainly uh, Pope Benedict XVI come to um, come to some sort of um, uh, proceedings around um, his his lack of of action around sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. It seems after he resigns, he will be offered legal protection from any attempt to prosecute him in connection with sexual abuse cases. Um, And I was a bit worried about this. So I've enlisted the help of a lecturer in law at the Australian National University in Canberra. His name is Kevin Borum. His areas of expertise are human rights, laws and civil civil liberties. He's an expert in the area of international law, international human rights law and gay and lesbian rights. He joins me now on the phone. Good evening, Mr. Borum. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Um, you heard that bit of audio from CNN, and it's, uh, I believe you're across the story that the Pope, uh, after he resigns, can live in the Vatican, therefore uh, buying himself some immunity, I suppose. How does that happen? Uh, well, the, the Pope is a head of state. The Vatican is a state under international law. Mm-hmm. So while he remains Pope, he has absolute immunity. Uh, when he ceases to be Pope and becomes the former head of state, he still enjoys immunity for official acts he committed while he was Pope. So he wouldn't enjoy immunity for anything he did before he was Pope, uh, and he wouldn't enjoy immunity for grave international crimes that he committed while he was Pope. Uh, But I have to say that uh, sexual abuse, um, vile as it is, uh, does not come up to the level of an international crime. Uh, So it's highly unlikely that the Pope could be prosecuted um, for covering up sexual abuse, as he's alleged. So I I just want to sort of hark back. In um, 2010, he was named as a defendant in a lawsuit alleging that he failed to take action as a cardinal in 1995 when he was allegedly told about a priest who had abused some boys at a U.S. school for the deaf some decades earlier. The case um, was withdrawn by lawyers, but could he be prosecuted for... um, uh, for that as a cardinal prior to his papacy? Uh, it's correct that he wouldn't enjoy uh, absolute immunity once he ceases to be Pope. Uh, while he's Pope, while he's a head of state, he can't be prosecuted for anything. Uh, but he would lose that immunity and it would not apply uh, to acts he committed before he became Pope. Uh, but I think you're talking about a civil suit, not a criminal suit. Ah. Uh, there has, I think, been one conviction in the US of a senior um, priest uh, allegedly covering up sexual abuse. But that's the only example that I'm aware of. Um, You'd have to be familiar with Italian criminal law to know whether such a prosecution would be possible in Italy, but I very seriously doubt that it would be. Well, look, one of the things that also, and I I got a bit carried away with my research, Kevin, and I I apologise if this is going to throw you a bit of a curly from left field, but there was something called the Lateran Pacts, which um, Mm. were made between Italy and the Holy See, or the Vatican, uh, in 1929, which established the Vatican City as a sovereign state. Um, Now, if... uh, I'm I'm not sure whether he will even go return to his his former title of Cardinal Ratzinger, or whether he's, um, you know, the Empress Dowager of the Vatican (laughs) City. One, One would not know, um, but because of these latter... the frocks for it. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Oh, and the little red Prada shoes, which is the killer for me. Um, he would be continually provided immunity under the provisions of these Lateran packs while he's in the Vatican, and even if he makes into, uh, you know, a little side trip into Florence to buy more shoes um, as a Vatican citizen. Uh, yes, well, you're correct. The Lateran Accords uh, did regulate relationships between the Vatican and the Italian state, and it goes back to the Mussolini era. Uh, I'm not familiar with them in detail, but what you say about them sounds though so it would probably be correct.
Mm. It causes me com- some concern. I've uh, not made no secret that I am a uh, survivor of clerical sexual abuse through at the hands of the Catholic Church. And I would be very pleased to see um, something done so that this doesn't happen again. I'm not so concerned about um, prosecution in that sense, but um, preventing further uh, innocent kids and, and, and indeed women from being victims or survivors of clerical abuse. The, the, the Vatican has responded and consistently said that a pope cannot be held accountable for cases of abuse committed by others. However, could could he be tried or could he be prosecuted for colluding or for, in fact, covering up? What What's international law look like in that regard? Uh, well, uh, under international criminal law, um, I don't see that there w- could be any criminal charge for covering up sexual abuse, even if the sexual abuse came to the level of sexual violence under international law, which vile those e- these acts are. I doubt that these acts of abuse would come to the level of sexual violence. Um, under international criminal law, you have to uh, argue co-perpetration Uh, That is, that the Pope was engaged in a conspiracy to carry out these acts or superior responsibility uh, that he uh, was informed about them and uh, took no action to prevent them. And superior responsibility is very difficult to prove. Mm. One of the other allegations that's been levelled at uh, at Pope Benedict XVI or certainly at Cardinal Ratzinger, as he was formerly known, um, before he was elevated to the papacy, was that he was in fact involved with the Nazi Party uh, as a youth. And therefore, is there not? I'm serious. I don't want this to sound like I'm outgunning for the man's head. But is there a possibility that he could be tried for war crimes? Oh, no, no, undoubtedly not. I mean, he was he was a youth at the end of the war, uh, and he had to enrol in the Hitler Youth because uh, all uh, German youths had to. Uh, that's that's been gone over, over and over. There's there's absolutely nothing there. Um, look, generally, look, I'd have to say that. Um, Looking for action of this sort under international criminal law is fairly futile. Um, There are international courts and tribunals, particularly the International Criminal Court, uh, but it's highly selective in the cases it takes. Um, It can only take cases of the most grave crimes, uh, which in the case of sexual violence generally mean widespread rape, enforced pregnancy and so on. So these acts of sexual abuse, uh, greatly uh, awful though they are, uh, almost undoubtedly just don't come to that level under international criminal law. So any remedies have to be looked at at the political level or in state judicial systems. Kevin, look, uh, that's Kevin Borum. He's a lecturer in law uh, at the Australian National University in Canberra. Areas of expertise, as I mentioned, international law, international human rights law and gay and lesbian rights. Kevin, I'm really grateful for your time. You've made that, uh, you've explained this really, really well for us and hopefully we can... uh we can gather an understanding and we can uh, let him off, I suppose, and, and he can live out his years in the Vatican with immunity and uh, with perhaps some dignity. I've been really grateful for your time. Uh, Pleased to help. Cheers. Good on you. That's Kevin Borum. He's from the Australian National University. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Yes, hello. You are listening to Joy 94.9, where it is 17 minutes to eight. We are all sending our love and best wishes to Serena, my co-host, who is unfortunately at home laid up in a rather unfortunate manner uh, with a flu. So, Serena, we're thinking of you, uh, of course. 0427 Joy 949. You can send an SMS to Serena um, or to me up to you uh, send an SMS to 0427 JOY949 you can email on air at joy.org.au you can phone 1300 JOY949 the very lovely Gordon will answer your call in his dulcet Scottish tones or you can send a tweet to salt and pepper joy um, uh, which will come straight into the studio um, 
Uh, Gordon, your message from uh, your message, thank you. It is rather long, but um, essentially you are saying um, how dare that we suggest the crimes of the Catholic Church aren't sufficiently significant to warrant a case in the International Criminal Court. I'm sure the thousands of victims of this systematic abuse would disagree. I'm with you there, Gordon. However, um, in international law, that is the situation, and that's why we wanted Kevin to explain that for us. So the rest of the message, thank you. Um, you, you reference uh, Jeffrey Robertson's excellent book, The Case of the Pope, um, which people should read. And, um, yes, we are thankful for your message. Moving on, two stories out of New South Wales um, did appeal to my sense of uh, justice and all of that. The first is around... Um, a draft bill on equal marriage that was released by a cross-party working group in New South Wales. Joining us to discuss that particular piece of uh, legislation is a young fellow by the name of Justin Coon, and he is the convener of the New South Wales Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby. Joins me now on the phone. Justin, good evening. Good evening. You guys in New South Wales got a very nice little Valentine's Day gift um, uh, with the cross-party committee releasing blueprint legislation for state-based same-sex marriage. Give us the uh, New South Wales Gay and Lesbian Lobby's take on that. We're very pleased with this legislation and we're very lucky in New South Wales to have a cross-party working group which consists of a Liberal member, a Labour member, a National member, a Green member and an Independent all working together. Well, isn't that what democracy and politics is supposed to be about? Well, you'd like to think so, but it doesn't seem to happen as often as it might. So no. we're, we're, we're very happy. So your reaction to this is that uh, the, the blueprint legislation that they have released, um, talk us through what that looks like. So uh, the legislation would provide for same-sex uh, marriage under New South Wales law. Uh, obviously, the end goal, what we're all working towards, is a change in the Federal Marriage Act, but we're very keen to pursue state-based marriage legislation uh, in the meantime. Now, there is um, a, a, a Trevor Khan, who is a, a New South Wales National, National Party MLC, has said that he's confident the New South Wales government has the power to make laws with regard to same-sex marriage. Um, he also adds the New South Wales Parliamentary Committee into marriage was focused on constitutional ob- obstacles in a state system. Do you know what those constitutional obstacles are at present? Yeah, so there's a section in the Constitution, uh, Section 51, which appears to indicate that marriage could be legislated under either federal or state law. Uh, And so it's quite likely that if state marriage equality legislation passes, uh, there will be a challenge as to the constitutionality given Section 51. And it's a difficult issue, but the Working Party is very confident that their bill will survive a constitutional challenge. Well, it seems that given there is cross-party support for this particular um, for this particular draft bill, um, it would be unlikely that it would be challenged by members of particular parties uh, within the parliament. Would that be your understanding of it? Uh, I think it will be heavily challenged. I think we still have a very difficult task to get it through parliament. Uh, importantly, the coalition will have a conscience vote on the issue, unlike at a federal level but there will certainly be opposition to the bill, so we still have work to do. Now, um, as is uh, considered in in most pieces of legislation around equal marriage, and we've just seen this in both the UK and France, um, members of religious or particular religious organisations or their ministers won't be compelled under law to perform ceremonies should this legislation be successful. Uh, And that's the same both under the proposed federal legislation, which failed last year, and under this state legislation. There will be no compulsion for Minister of Religion uh, 
to solemnise same-sex marriages if they don't want to. Is there some confidence coming from uh, what's happened in certainly Tasmania, uh, discussions that are happening in uh, South Australia and Western Australia at the same time that, that this is going to go through? I think there's a good chance that somewhere in Australia in 2013, uh, same-sex couples will be able to get married. Obviously, we'd hope that it happens in New South Wales, but there are other opportunities, as you say, in the ACT, in Tasmania, in maybe South Australia. And I think if that does happen, it will increase the pressure on the federal government to change the Federal Marriage Act. Certainly, we spoke to uh, the Mayor of Byron Bay a little earlier, Simon Richardson, who um, is is making some sort of move in his municipality. Whilst it won't be legal, it'll certainly be symbolic uh, to, to have equal marriage there as well, which I think is a very good step forward. Second story out of New South Wales, and another one I wanted you to talk to, was um, more and more rainbow families have been officially recognised in New South Wales. Uh, It's been hailed as proof of the positive benefits brought on by recent changes allowing same-sex parents to be included on children's birth certificates. Um, These newly released figures from Relationship Australia are are, are very positive. Yeah, uh, so the law changed in 2008. Uh, In 2008, uh, allowing same-sex couples who were parents, mothers, uh, to register both names on a birth certificate where where a child was conceived through assistive reproductive technology. And as you say, hundreds and hundreds of couples have taken taken that offer and it uh, provides not just uh, a a symbolic uh, importance to these couples and their children, but also practical, economic and legal stability. So it was a very important reform and we're very happy that these couples have taken up the opportunity. And what we're seeing is is a growth in the numbers of rainbow families who are being officially recognised where both mums are um, seeing their, uh, their, both of their names on a birth certificate. This is not just important from a legal perspective though, Justin. Uh, if we were to look at this from certainly an, an emotional economic situations for kids, this is, this is good for kids of same-sex parents. Absolutely. It provides emotional stability to these children it lets them know that the law recognized their parents and we'd encourage the governments at both federal and state level to go to the next step and recognize marriages as well mm. look we uh, we can live in confidence and and there are many of us that would hope especially those of us that uh, that do co-parent would um would hope to see that there will be some changes in the law justin coonan is the convener of the new south wales gay and lesbian rights lobby justin really grateful for your time this evening Thank you very much. Good on you. Thanks, mate. If you are in New South Wales and listening, Relationships Australia New South Wales uh, will be holding a proud parenting seminar, an LGBTI proud parenting seminar, 5.30pm Wednesday, March 13 at level 21175 to 181 Castle Ray Street. You can um, find that information on the website of Relationships Australia if you put that through your favourite search engine. Hello, I'm Peter Hitchener from Nine News. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Oh, you are indeed. He's a lovely man. And Peter Hitchener joined us just a few weeks ago. Look, it's uh, it's probably getting close to time for me to jump in the car and stop for an ice cream on the way home. I'd, it's been a terrible night without Serena here in the studio to join me. We do um, it just makes it it makes it for an interesting show. But uh, we know that she's at home taking very good care of herself. Hopefully, having some herbal tea with some ginger. 
um, because we know that will be good for her. Uh, don't forget that um, Joy 94.9 is broadcasting in conjunction with 2SER, Star Observer Radio in Sydney's uh, until Mardi Gras March 3rd. So if you are listening in Sydney, we send you a very hearty cheerio, of course, and I uh, hope you're enjoying well, the wealth of talent we have down here in Melbourne. Don't forget, of course, that we'll be bringing you the 2013 Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras March right here on Joy 94.9 on the 3rd of March. Join us for the glitz and glamour. It's going to be a bit of a hoot. I know that um, I believe Sue from David and Sue on Friday are going to, is going to be up there. She'll be one of the, the multitude of voices. Matt, who else is going? You might know. I do know. Who else is going? We have Kane from Special K. Kane from Special K. Glenn from the Royal Daltons will be joining us. And SJ from Froth on Tuesday mornings. Well, look, a nice diverse mix of boys and girls and from different times of the day. So you should enjoy that very much. And, of course, don't forget that we will be at Chill Out as well on Sunday the 10th of March. Uh, the big chill out day that happens in Dalesford so get your backside trackside down there and have a bit of fun uh, at chill out joy 94.9 will bring you a broadcast from there as well all wrapping up our wonderful summer of joy I need to say a very big thank you to you Matthew Nock um, for keeping me company here in the studio no less also to the gorgeous Gordon sitting out on the front desk who's um, been well taking your calls because he's, he's been very busy out there uh, Spirit Lounge coming up very shortly with the Priest of Pom and a Poof uh, until next week when we are back with Salt and Pepper hopefully both of us in the driver's seat. Uh, until then, have a, you have yourself a very safe time. This has been Salt and Pepper here on Joy 94.9, where it's currently two minutes to eight o'clock. And we know the night is always going to be here anyway. Thinking of he's working up my appetite. Looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Rubbing sticks and stones together make the spark. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.